Good morning, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to episode number 60 in the book of Hebrews. Yesterday, we were invited to a party in heaven with Jesus and God and the angels, and people were at this party. And people got there by faith, by the grace and the mercy of God. And there was some blood involved too. So today, we're going to have a call to not reject that invitation and don't reject the inviter of the invitation. And don't end up being a bad example because the end is near, quote-unquote, like it's like the guy carrying the sign, or at least you can say the end is coming. So creation, as we know it, is going to come to an end. It's going to come to a close and be consumed. Uh, what the great quote for today is, our God is a consuming fire, and he's going to consume some things. He's also going to not consume some things. So the, we're supposed to heed the bad examples and also heed the good examples that we have before us, a lot of them in the book of Hebrews. So things that are that have been made are going to be unmade, and we need to respond affirmatively and gratefully and affectionately and with awe. Here it is. This is from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 25 through 29. I think I'm going to read one at a time and then just talk a little bit about it. Verse 25. See that you do not refuse him who is speaking. For if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape if we reject him who refuses, who warns from heaven, excuse me. So this refusing here, we have a choice on the table, and you know the good news is we are we have agency. Everybody wants a choice. Well, the bad news side of that is we're also responsible for the choice. So you must make the right choice, especially now that we have the full revelation of Jesus. We have all the data of Jesus that these poor guys who have these bad examples in the Old Testament. You know they were they were struggling with the amount of data that they had to decide these important things. Well, now we don't have any excuse because the it, things are made clear in Jesus, and they had enough data then with limited information. And now that we have all this extra information, we should not refuse him. That's verse twenty-five. Don't refuse him. Verse twenty-six. At that time, his voice shook the earth. It's referring to a passage back in Exodus 19. But now he has promised, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but I will shake the heavens. So things are a shaken here. He's referring to Exodus 19 when Mount Sinai shook when the presence of God was there. And now we see that the whole earth is going to shake and all of heavens is going to shake. So things are going to kind of come to their big conclusion. Verse 27. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken, that is, things that have been made, in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. So things are going to go away. Creation, as we understand it, as we see it, created things are going to be are going to perish. The creator gets to decide what he wants to do with his creation, and he is uh, at least sometimes a consuming uh, fire. And so creation, as we know it, the things that have been made is all going to go away. I think he brings up some of it back, but the point is he gets to do with the creation that we we are familiar with what he wishes. Verse 28, uh, at the, the end of 27 says, there are things that cannot be shaken. So a few things are going to last. Verse 28 tells us what it is. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that 
cannot be shaken. The kingdom cannot be shaken. Listen to that. And thus, let us offer God acceptable. So he's going to tell us now how to respond. Worship with reverence and awe. And then the final statement, verse 29, uh, for our God is a consuming fire. So creation is going to be shaken. That is that that means destroyed. This consuming fire is going to destroy creation. But certain things are going to be, remain. The kingdom is not going to be uh, shaken. There's something that's going to last forever. Well, we heard about it yesterday with this party, this festal gathering with angels and God and people. So the party is going to last forever. And, we, and the challenge yesterday was, hey, let's RSVP to this this great party. God wants our presence at the party. People are not consumed. That's the other interesting thing. So creation is going to be consumed, but people are not consumed. You, listener, are going to live forever. Uh, the question is, are you going to be at the party living forever? Are you going to be at the non-party living forever? So God is this consuming fire, and lots is going to go away. And what is not going away? This party's not going to go away. The kingdom's not going to go away. And people are not going to go away. So don't fool around here. The people are present at the party by faith. The people uh, are, are present at the party, but they're also present somewhere else by faithlessness. If you get to the party by faith, you get to the party, the non-party, by faithlessness. Separation from God. Don't do that. So God has gone to great trouble to give people access to this party that we have. Kind of no business being at in the first place. How do we get there? We get there by grace. We get there by mercy. We get there by a better blood, uh, as it said yesterday. So our God is a consuming fire. That's a quote from back in Deuteronomy chapter 4. That's where God says, hey, I'm a jealous God. Don't forget the covenant. Don't, especially to take care lest you forget the old covenant. Well, now in Hebrews, we've had this whole thing saying, don't forget the new covenant. So God was a consuming fire then. He's He can be a consuming fire now. Don't really see that very much, but he's going to be a consuming fire in the future. So it's in the toolbox of his character. We just don't often see it. So what could replace God? People today, athletics, hey, I'm going to be healthy and live forever, or this self-righteousness on political causes can kind of displace God, or self-righteous morally because of what I eat, or whether I recycle, uh, or rather than obeying the real commands of God. Working out doesn't fix your sin problem. Neither does eating right or recycling or being politically aware or working for the humane society. What fixes your sin problem? That you have to receive by faith. You need a better blood for that. So if today it's the day you crawl out from you know, being under the bus of sin, fantastic. Do it by faith. Say yes to God. I believe. And if you've already done it, this passage tells you how, how to respond. Be grateful, be in reverence, be worship. Say to God, I see you, I acknowledge you. I'm small in comparison and I worship you. Thanks for listening.